0: This is Courtney Hollenbeck, host and founder of The Invisible Crown, here to not only help you reach your goals, but to walk all over them in your five-inch heels. Now let's get started preparing, presenting, and projecting your best self, both on the stage and in everyday life. Thanks for tuning in to the Invisible Crown podcast. I'm Courtney Hollenbeck, and I have a very special guest here today. Her name is Rebecca Renfro. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: I'm just really excited to have your story shared because I know that I just sort of connected with you randomly through social media and. I was just really inspired myself, so I want to dig in and inspire other people through your story as well.
1: Okay, sounds great. I'm excited.
0: Fabulous. So first off, um, how about you just give like a little brief summary about who you are and just just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. Well, my name, like she said, my name is Rebecca Renfro. I am from a little bitty town in Texas called Lindale, Texas. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Miranda Lambert, but we, she All is right. from here, so whenever people, um, that's the only way they have any clue as to where I live, but I live in <laughs> Texas, and um, originally grew up in Oklahoma, but straight out of college, my husband and I um, found jobs in the big state of Texas, so we hit the road and have lived here, for goodness, right out of college, so over 15 years. I don't even know, the years now, golly, they just flash by, you know, as we get older. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we have two boys. Um, I have a 12-year-old who is about to be 13, and so he thinks he's like 21. Yeah. But, and then <laughs> I have another boy who's 11. And so my husband works in oil and gas, and we just are normal people. We, you know, love being involved in church and love working hard and doing things with our kids and our friends are super important to us so
0: Great.
1: I'm just a normal girl like everybody else.
0: So That's fabulous. Well the reason um, I was inspired by you most um, quickly was because of your entrepreneurial spirit and how you're just daring to step out and um, but it was intriguing to me even more because I'm a teacher and you, you were a teacher. You're a former teacher Um, So I don't even know this, I don't know much about that part of your past, so I'm just curious, what level did you teach, and how long were you a teacher?
1: Well, I was a teacher for 12 years, and I taught most, most everything I did was in the elementary age. I did teach 7th grade one year, and I like hightailed it back to elementary as fast as I could, (laughs) but um, I specialist for one year, which I actually really enjoyed that. Oh cool. But most of my time was spent in fourth grade and that was my favorite age. I kept finding myself back there because I loved it so much. That's great. And I did it for twelve years, yeah. I loved it.
0: That's so neat that you were a reading specialist. Did you just say for one year?
1: Yes, just for one year. Um it was kind of one of those things that just kind of plopped down in my lap. I don't have a masters in reading or anything like that, but okay. my principal was in a bind. And she asked me to do it for a year and I you know, I love I liked it but I enjoyed having like my own little chickens, my own little kiddos. Yeah. To, to call mine. I, I I kept giving them back to their teacher because they'd come to me for, you know, intervention and things like that. Yes. And I kept giving back them back to their teacher and I didn't have my little group that I love so much. It's one thing I love about teaching was connections I had with the kids, so I missed that part and the relationships I had with parents and things like that, so I went back to the classroom after that
0: one year. Cool, and that's so interesting because I was actually, I student taught as a music teacher, and then that school that I student taught in was hiring a reading specialist um, Uh right after I finished, so I worked as like a reading interventionist for one semester, and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but... (laughs) It's just, it was a nice job, and I I got to work with some kiddos, and it was like the perfect thing to do after student teaching in December when there's no one hiring, so. and you learned a
1: lot through that. I mean, I think that any time you kind of step out of something that isn't what you normally expect or what you kind of have in your game plan of things, you learn and grow so much, so I'm sure you are a better teacher
0: for that short experience. I agree. I agree. And that's funny. I have one more thing in common with you than I even knew. So that's fun. <laughs> so looking back on your years as a teacher, because I know I, I learned something new every day. I feel like um, about myself and just about, I mean, the kids and life in general. So what do you think after all those years, if you can come back with the one thing you learned? As a teacher, what was the greatest lesson that teaching taught you?
1: Um, honestly, I think when it kind of when I shed away all the things that teachers do, you know, we yes. do so we do so, much or do so much. It really what I discovered about myself is that you know God really put some passions in my heart, and it has a lot to do with relationships. And kiddos were that was my favorite thing about teaching was the relationships and the connections with kids. And just inspiring them to believe that they could do something that they didn't think they could do. Um, I mean, I still have kiddos that I taught them in fifth grade, and now they've all graduated, and they're yeah. my friends on Facebook, and they <laughs> reach out to me, and they call me Mrs. Renfro still, even in their messages. Of course. <laughs> they can't call me by my first name. So <laughs> it's just those connections, and I just learned that really everything starts with that, that we're placed here on earth to be – Relate in relationships and to foster that and to make connections with people and so I think it just kind of showed me what all of life is A lot is about you know and just building Connections with people and all the other stuff will fall into place if you start there If you just love people first everything else kind of falls into place So that's what I think I learned that I bring into every area of my life I learned that in teaching of course. I started like everyone else when you're like 20 you know, and I didn't know everything when I was 20. Well, 20 years have passed, or I started probably when I was, like, 23, uh-huh. and I have a lot of years have passed, and I still think those things I learned, I use in all parts of my life. So.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, and it, it's good for me to hear as a new teacher, because sometimes you get so hung up doing everything right and, and so worried about the content that you're teaching, which is something you need to worry about and try to do your best with, but... At the end of the day, like years from now, that what they're going to remember, it may not be the music I'm teaching them. It's like how loved they felt from me. So,
1: yeah. Right, and when you start there, then they're more receptive to mm-hmm. learn what True. you have for them to learn. So they're going True. to remember you first because of the connections you made with them, and then all the things they learned from you because you made the connection first. I, that was probably mm-hmm. what I would notice about teachers. I'd be okay. kind of like, checking things out and when I saw something not connecting it usually I could see that it started there
0: yeah that's really true and I there's days I can tell when I make a bigger effort to make a connection that they are more receptive because they know I care I'm not just like barking orders at them (laughs) and
1: have you ever heard that um that quote that's people don't people don't care how much you know until they know that you care well it it starts there you know
0: yeah Exactly. That's very true. Um, now you I read through your website a little bit and your biography about teaching, you you were a little bit just burnt out from all the extraneous work that goes with being a teacher and I think I remember you saying it's one of the unique jobs in that the more you put in, you don't often get like a reward for that. You're often just given more responsibilities and like the, they just keep piling on and on and on. So What do you think, this is like a question, of course, if we could answer, it would be a wonderful reform for the world, but if you could change something about education, or what do you think needs to be altered and shifted in order to prevent that burnout that so many teachers face?
1: Well, you know, that's a really good question, because I can just tell you from my experience, because I've been out of the classroom for five years, and I know just from my friends that are still involved in teaching, or or my new friends that I meet, my kids as teachers, that it's changed a lot. And so, from my personal experience, what I found was that, my story kind of goes like this, I I loved it, I I couldn't get enough of it. I literally spent so much, I mean, I read and learned and went to every workshop there ever was, and I just was a, just couldn't get enough of it and mm-hmm. wanted to apply everything I was learning and mm-hmm. do the very best job I could. And we were about to move to, about to build a home in another city, just like, gosh, like five miles away. So it wasn't that big of a deal. So I, my kids and I, I changed school districts so that I could be, my kids could go to school and I could be t- in the area that we were planning on moving just pretty quickly. And so I went to work for this amazing principal. I was like, she was like my dream person to work for, you know, that person that you just want to be her. You just want to emulate her. Yeah. And I went to work for her that year. So that's, you know, August of that year. And then about February of that year, that same school year, my husband comes home and tells me that he's being transferred. Oh man. And so we had to leave and move areas and I didn't get to follow through with all that. And to go in and find a job where we were, mm-hmm. it was going to be very hard and all of these things. And I just remember thinking that I'm going to leave this amazing group of people. Mm-hmm. And I just could, didn't have it in me to go and, and fight through it again. For some reason I could just see that. So looking back, whenever I was going through that, I need, I need a change. And why is this? And I love it so much. And where did this, desire come to not do it all of a sudden Mm. and I think it was that feeling of that teachers are just I just felt like what you said Mm -hmm. I just worked really hard Mm -hmm. and every time I turned around all my and it wasn't really my principal it was the fact it was just the state I mean I don't yeah we're not from the same state but everybody in Texas we will agree that we just get teachers just get bombarded with new things every year and they don't take something off the plate yeah And I just, the idea of going to a new place and learning everything again and all these things, it just was very daunting because I'd worked so hard in that particular place and I just loved it so much. So I just felt like, why am I just feel like I'm about to walk into something very overwhelming and I just needed that change. So I think if I could have changed anything about it, was that, that as soon as you worked hard to finally be able to kind of find your groove. Maybe not offer it eighty hours a week. Maybe pull back and give your family some time yeah um, that they you hadn't been giving them. I mean, you know. And then you just they just dumped more on. So I just was just felt very overwhelmed and just yeah. that no matter how much I learned and applied myself, that I, I was going to have to learn something brand new and start over from scratch. So just the fact that teachers just keep getting things. I think that they're trying to do too much for one person, honestly. And now, yeah. knowing what I do now, now I really realize why I was burned out. That yeah.
0: makes sense. Yes.
1: Um, in the middle of it, I didn't know. I just knew what's going on. Yeah. I love this. I live for this. I mean, I wanted to be the absolute best I could be at it. And I worked really hard at that. Until I got out of it, mm-hmm. I don't really, didn't even really realize how burned out I was. Yeah. That, makes
0: that sense, totally makes sense. sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I yeah. wish we could change that. And I don't have an answer. I just know that there's a problem because
0: yeah.
1: I see people leaving education every year. It's really sad because yes. it would be the opposite. People should be looking forward to doing it. I know. You know, so.
0: Yes, I feel I, I totally agree that with that and I see I see it happening here in Indiana. The enrollment for students coming out of high school into college as education majors is like an all-time low to even study to become a teacher, and it's so sad, and the demand is higher than ever because there's so many leaving. So something right. something has to change, and hopefully hopefully we can get into a groove and, and figure out that... and just respect teachers, first off, for what they're doing because it's a, such a hugely hard and noble job and um, just stop all the new stuff that they just throw at you all the time so yeah,
1: and I think too like we talk about like it's a very very noble position and there needs to be very well respected yeah. and when I never realized this until I started my own business and working for myself and having a little bit more control of the income that I make mm-hmm. it's that no matter how hard teachers worked, we just didn't make any more money so yes. and then you would see Teachers who didn't necessarily just this is in any profession, so it's see. Yes. But anyone that um, you know, you would see people, or my experience would be I would be teaching next to someone, I would be doing half of his work because my principals were, you know, very uh, worried that his kids weren't getting what they needed and yeah. they couldn't do anything. He was making the same money I was, he was probably making more,
0: yeah,
1: in you know, longer. And I'm just using that as a particular example, exactly. and we just so. We need to pay our teachers more. I think that's probably a big part of it.
0: Yeah, I agree too. Yeah,
1: because we don't. We work so hard. People get burnt out faster because Mm -hmm. they're not making what they deserve, and then they see the rest of the world is different, and so they just think I can't. I can't. I got to feed my. I mean, I have teacher friends who are single moms that can't feed their families on their teacher salary.
0: Oh my gosh!
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, that's something's wrong there. Um, So what what was the biggest trigger then for you to to take the plunge away from teaching towards becoming an entrepreneur then?
1: Well, honestly, a couple things. I really wanted to change. I didn't really know how bad I wanted to change until I started doing it. But mostly when I started really thinking about the benefits of it, because before that year, I'd never even considered it. So we were forced a little bit to move. I'd never even thought about it. It was Mm -hmm. just... I mean, I actually was about to go and get my master's and become a principal and all that kind of stuff. So I never wasn't on my radar at all. Okay. But when we were moving and my boys, my two boys were, gosh, they were like six and seven at the time. Um, they, I knew that they were going to about to go through a huge transition of moving and leaving their friends and leaving their community that they'd grown up in. And so I just started thinking about them and just decided – you know what, I want to be more available to them. I was giving so much to teaching. Yeah. I didn't have anything left over at the end of the day for my own family. Yeah. I didn't even realize how extreme that was until I left teaching and started my own business. Then I started really realizing how much I hadn't given them. and yeah. give them so it So really it was to have that freedom to be more available to my kids. That's what really kind of justified it in my mind, other than just the fact that I just wanted to change. I don't think wanting a change was going to be enough. Exactly.
0: Is, does that make sense? Yeah, it really does. I think wanting a change is probably the trigger, but then you need to dig deeper. So it has, it takes root and doesn't, isn't just like a little flighty right. thing, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what was the hardest part at the start and is that still the hardest part today or is, has it that evolved That's, as your business has grown? Is there new things, new challenges
1: yeah, that's a great question. Um, honestly, I would say the, first, the hardest part at the beginning was that I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I did not have a clue um, what I was doing at all. So back then, it was, "Am I doing it right?" and "What should I be doing?" and "What should I be doing today to grow this this business that I've started?" Oh my! Yeah. <laughs> but now, three, you know, I've been in business for myself for four years, and so. Right now the question always is, why don't I have enough hours in the day to do everything I want to do? So that's my biggest challenge now is I've learned how to be have learned a lot through business and what I need to be doing and want to be doing and where I wanna see it grow and develop and how I want it to help people, but there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything I wanna do. So really that's probably the biggest hurdle. Every day I'm like, man, I really wanted to do even more than I did today, so there's just, there's just not enough hours in the day, but I
0: get to put my
1: kids up at school every day, and take them every day, so there's
0: benefits to that, too. Yeah, and what a blessing to have that be the hardest part, too, you know, like, whoever thought that would be the most challenging part of your day is, like, I don't have enough time to do all of the wonderful things I want to do, and not just, like, the to-do list or the checklist, you know? right.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, there's other things that are hard, too, for yeah. sure, but I think at the end of the day, that's always the one. Yeah. If, I would say if I've done, if I've, if I've been pro, or if I've taken action in my day mm-hmm. like I wanted to, I always end the day with, ah, I wish I could have done more. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah. there's other hard things, but that's definitely, at the end of the day, the one that I end up going, "Oh me, <laughs> I really <laughs> wanted to do more of that. Like, I really wanted to write that blog post, or yeah. I really wanted to,
0: to reach out
1: to this person
0: or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, we wanted
1: to do it. That's <laughs> but it so great. just
0: didn't use that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned picking up your sons, and um, I saw on your Instagram you were able to like eat lunch with them sometimes at school. So, um, my next question was what's the best part about being an entrepreneur? And would you say it might be that freedom to do the family time or is it something else? No, that
1: is definitely it. So, great. anytime I get bogged down, or, um, you know, I'm a big, I talk a lot about help, I, my biggest thing is I love to help other women be more confident, and the reason that is, is because I struggle with it myself, so anytime that I'm not feeling confident, or I'm unsure of myself, or I feel like, what am I doing, you know, <laughs> um, I truly, believe, it's Just I always come back to that, I have this amazing gift of freedom of time doesn't yeah. mean I have a lot of free time it just means I get to decide when I spend my time working and when I spend my time being mom and mm-hmm. why um when I spend my time taking care of myself when I spend my time helping other people so it's just that freedom to choose
0: yeah
1: um, it, you know we people talk about that a lot as an entrepreneur it's still a lot of work but it's we get to decide when I mean I might be up late tonight working or I might not I, I decide how my life goes so yeah. Picking up my kids at school every day and eating lunch with them is a huge part. I only have them for so many more years. And so I want yeah. to spend as much time, quality time with them as they'll let me. Now, yes. You know, that. that's another, whole another topic. But yeah. That's,
0: that's and no it'll, it'll come around. Let me encourage you because I obviously don't have kids, but being, I'm 20, 25, and I'm like best friends with my mom right now. And mm-hmm. I, I remember the years of like 13, 14 to like, Sixteen, seventeen, where she was so uncool, and now we're best friends again. So,
1: exactly, yes. And I'm also praying for really good daughter in laws, so that.
0: Yeah. You know, so oh praying. yes, and keep praying because that's what my mother in law did for me. She prayed for me, and now I feel like you just feel fit in right into that family when you yes. fervently pray over that. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes. So, but yeah. So just that freedom—freedom freedom to to choose what I do when—is just. Ahead. My goal is to never have to give that up because I truly love that part. Even when my kids get older and my husband and I want to travel by ourselves, I mean, we're kind of looking forward yeah. to that too. Yeah. So, you
0: know, like that. So. Exactly. Now, it's funny that you say, like, you could decide to work really late tonight or not and I think it's interesting because when you are doing what you want to be doing and what you're called to do and you know that's you were you were planted here for a reason, then all the hours you put in, you might be busier, but you're you're thriving and you're in your element, so it probably doesn't feel like you're overwhelmed, right? Even if exactly. you're busy,
1: it's a much different feeling. I agree with that, yeah. especially if you're staying in the spot that where your passion is and mm-hmm. where you feel like your purpose is. If you're work, it's easy to get distracted from that. Yeah. But if I stay in that spot, then that's when I feel very content, and I feel it's like work doesn't feel like work. It just feels like what I want to do and what I want to spend my time doing. As long as I'm stuck in that passion and purpose place, then I'm safe there. But if I get out of there, which we can easily, you know, that can easily happen, but um, if I stay there, then I, yeah, I love it, and I get to do it. I get to do it is what I think.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, So was there one specific person that, inspired you or motivated you to start along the path that you are with kind of empowering women? Was there someone who empowered you and inspired you? Um,
1: yeah, I mean, so many women, um, and so many people are that for me. Um, so like personally, I would say my mother-in-law is actually that for me. She is an amazing woman. She actually, I mean, she's just been there for me for, I'm, I'm almost been married 20 years. This year will be 20 years. And so she's really been that. So she, she's someone that really encouraged me whenever I was going through lots of confidence issues and self-esteem junk. Mm-hmm. She really helped me get through that and led me in the right direction. But business-wise, um, honestly, the things that we're kind of talking about and what this new part of my business is pretty new. It's about a year old. Prior okay. to that, it, this little new area that I'm in wasn't around I didn't even know it was on my radar and so I met a gal um who actually is a coach she's a business coach and she helped me do some branding and really helped me look at what 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 my purpose is for being in business what I want to help help people do and what the ultimate deeply rooted purpose of all of it is and so she really helped me a lot her name is April and she um later on I can share with you her website if you want yes please do yeah, she's a part of the, she started the Creative Brandista is her business name. And so, and she's like become one of my closest friends, but she really inspired me to see that I have something more than just products to offer people. I have something more than that. And yeah. then what is that What What I ultimately want to help people do so. So yeah, so I think you get those, that inspiration from a lot of places in your yeah. life, people who you've watched them go after their dreams and then you see them push through obstacles and aren't afraid to try new things and aren't afraid to step out on faith. Hmm.
0: Um,
1: So, yeah, I think that's super important. And my goal is to be that for other people, just like those ladies have been that for me.
0: Yeah, that's so true because some people don't have that person.
1: No, they don't. Yeah, Yeah. But they're out there. Those people are out there to find me. April and I met online. I've never met her in person, and she's one of my closest friends now, and we work work together professionally, but then we're also chatting about each other's kids and just friends. So, and love you can do that it. from anywhere that's the beauty of social media just like you and I connected that
0: I way oh it's great I love it yeah. <laughs> okay I'm gonna kind of shift gears because you brought up um some self-esteem junk that your mother-in-law helped you through and yeah. I I know that I that's a huge area for I mean in in anyone's life I'm sure but for women specifically and for me lately like over the past few years it's just been a lot of a huge struggle, and that's part of the reason why I've been so empowered and passionate to help others, so I just kind of want to dig into that with you, and okay. figure out just what have you struggled with in that area, and, um, just tell me a little bit about that, where you were struggling with, but whether that's body image or, like, self-esteem, what did that okay. look like for you?
1: Well, for me, honestly, it it it's deeply rooted in my childhood, um, I grew up with a father um, that's bipolar and that's really where a lot of that started. I didn't know, I didn't know that until I was an adult, that that's really where it came from. Um, about, a, I've always struggled with it. People mm-hmm. pleasing, wanting to be well accepted, wanting to, you know, a quality, quantity of friendships versus quality, just mm. really wanting to know that I'm liked and well it received and just all that kind of stuff like that so but really where that came from was not having that real strong foundation of you're safe wherever you are you know God's got you you know that example as parent as a father and all that kind of stuff so I didn't really know that I just knew yeah. that I, work, I did a lot of works to try to be confident so what I just said to you when I was a I worked really hard to be the best so that I would get affirmations from people and I would be well-liked and well-received and that was great but sometimes for the wrong reasons. Sometimes for to fill like some void in myself versus really doing it for other people Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, And then actually 18 months ago I kind of had a crash. I was in business for myself and a lot of responsibility came with that. Um I hit some big success early on in my business and was making an income I wasn't used to. We started I started feeling hundreds of women were looking to me as their example mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready for that. I didn't know the, how how that would how that would scare me and how that would kind of pull the rug out from under me and I hmm. just didn't feel worthy of that yeah. I didn't feel like I really earned it hmm. um I know as crazy as that sounds so my confidence was just shattered all of a sudden like overnight I felt too fearful that things would just collapse and go away and that I would be at ground zero again and all of, I mean just lots of self-doubt and self-talk very negative self-talk
0: yeah.
1: is probably the biggest thing that wrecked kind of reeks my confidence and wrecked it 18 months ago. So I found myself really depressed and dealing with stuff like that and not knowing how to get out of it. Cause I just didn't know why I was feeling that way. It was like, when you're in the middle of that kind of stuff, you cannot even put a name to it. You can't say, well, why am I, why do I not feel this? Feel confident. My husband's looking yeah. at me like, sweetie, there's no reason to feel this way. If anything, you should feel the opposite. Yeah. So I just found myself, really struggling. I was hiding from my friends. I mm. was binging on Netflix till 3 a.m. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has done that. Oh, avoiding, yeah. Yeah, avoiding, but I was doing it for all the wrong reasons, not just because there was a great show and I'd earned, you know, some relaxed time. I was doing it to avoid facing um, people and facing what I was needing to do. And yep. my confidence was just in the tank. I mean, I just had such self-esteem issues, didn't believe I was worthy. Um had a lot of negative self-talk. And so I hit I hit the bottom. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I was definitely depressed. Yeah. A counselor helped me through it. And so that's kind of where that all started. It just it just happened to me. So yes, I have suffered with it. I still struggle with it, mm. but I've learned lots of tools and tra- strategies. I know what kind of are some triggers for myself.
0: Okay.
1: And well, um, I'm, a, I'm a work in progress. I'm much better the biggest thing that I think has really helped me is I'm pretty open about it and transparent about it. And so anytime you are willing to share your feelings and your issues and your stumbles through life, you find that there are tons of other people just like you. And when you open up about yours, they'll open up, up about theirs. And the next thing you know, you're helping each other heal through it. So, yeah. So yeah.
0: That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, do you feel like – the counselor helped you primarily the most and helped you figure out to be transparent and to be vulnerable? Or did you kind of do some self-discovery on, on the way? And what were some of those tools that helped you get out of that rut?
1: Well, definitely the place that I was in, I would def- always want to recommend to people a counselor is awesome. My mm-hmm. mother-in-law is a Christian counselor, and so mm-hmm. I've been actually getting counseling from her on, on this side my, you know, for several, several years. But I needed somebody that was more neutral for that particular child. I'm always telling people, sweetie, I'm a huge advocate of counseling. I'm a, I feel like everybody needs it in different yeah. areas of their life. <laughs> and so he definitely helped me identify where those feelings were coming from and why I would feel those that way about myself without any real reason. Mm-hmm. Um, there were triggers and things I didn't get as a kiddo. I mean, there were times that I didn't get certain things as a three-year-old that three-year-olds need and so Mm. I had went through life without some of these kind of baseline you know feelings about things and just Mm. kind of stuff in your head that you don't really think about but I also I'm a huge which I talked about how I was in teaching I'm also that way a lot about self-development I spent a lot of time reading and growing myself yeah so I just started I went to a counselor yes um, and he really helped me a lot. But then I also just did a. I spent a lot of time in prayer, and I spent a lot of time reading, talked to my friends, talked to my husband. Yeah. So just those kind of things you you have to work on yourself. But then you have to be also honest with how you're. Doing. It's amazing when you just kind of verbalize what's going on with you. How some of that dissipates.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's really what I did, and I like I said, I still do it to this day. I still. I mean, if I were to show you all my, you can see my bedside table, and you can see what I mean. I've got books all over the place. Yeah. So I
0: something and grow. I love but. that, and I think that's a huge statement for anybody listening, is that sometimes, I mean, the depression you're feeling and the problems you're going through is very real, but you can almost amplify it and isolate yourself so much more by just keeping to yourself, which is what you want to do in that moment, but it's the opposite of what you need, and just... Branching out can be so scary, but it can be the one step to to get you out of that hole so quickly. Is just being with people. Right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And It's very healing. Yeah, it's very important.
0: Yes. And I can speak to that because this past year I was probably busier than I've ever been being a, a cheerleader. And, like, I was surrounded by so many people all the time. You would never think I was lonely. But inside I was still, like, so lonely because I wasn't having any intentional like, deep, meaningful conversations. It was just all, like, so superficial all the time and so quick. And this year, I've really made it a priority to commune with my husband at night over just not just, like, how was your day, but, like, to really sit and talk and dig deeper and making sure I try to make an effort, like, once a week to connect with someone, whether it's on the phone or, like, in person. And that helps so much and it can be scary because I can can seem outgoing but I hate phone calls and I, I get so nervous and So it's not comfortable always, but when you do it, it can really help. So, yeah, yeah. that's
1: a really good point. Because one of the things that I noticed about myself, just so, like I said, 18 months ago, it was like last spring, I had no idea why I was having these feelings. They were just coming out of nowhere. I mean, it was pretty crazy. But Mm -hmm. as I started really working on healing and figuring some things out, I started noticing the same thing about myself that. Honestly, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends and they all love me, but that's really because I was always more interested in them than I would let them be in me. So I'm really great at turning the conversation around and making it about them Mm. and letting them, me hear all about their things and their stuff, which is great. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. However, when they would ask me about me, I was really good at deflecting it. And I really found that that's pretty much how I've been my whole life, Mm. um, so when I made the same commitment, I have a few friends that I just feel like if I say, Here, "You know, here's my junk, they're going to love me even more for it. And I took the risk and I started sharing that with them and just being more real. And now they're able to be that way with me. And so I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I feel very lonely. I was like you. I felt very lonely. With I had a ton of friends, yeah. a ton of family that loved me.
0: Or let's mate, and I felt very lonely. Yeah. Yep. So it's just the 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 quality, like you said, not the quantity, is what really matters. So I wrote that Uh down. I thought that was great. You hear it a lot, but you sometimes don't think about it in friendships. So I think it's really a good point. Um, Man, we've touched on a lot of those. So I'm gonna move on ahead because I noticed on your website. You talked about, like, joining your tribe, so I just want to kind of plug that for you. You can share now, like, how anybody listening, if they want to be involved in that, what does that mean, first off, and how can they do it?
1: Well, um, for me, just like what we've been talking about, these people that you surround yourself need to be the kind of people that love you for who you are, flaws and all. And they also need to be the kind of people that are willing to be transparent with you because I believe vulnerability and transparency is the only way to go if we want to grow as people and be better and be more confident. Um, And so I just really want to be surrounded by those kind of people. I also want to be that person for other people. So I've started an online or a Facebook group, a secret group on Facebook, and it's just for women who are looking for encouragement, are looking to get some tips on how to be more confident because a lot of times we say we're not confident. I don't know why I'm not feeling confident. I don't know why I don't feel good about myself. So really that's like this big issue, Mm. but there's lots of gateway issues into that. Maybe you're not feeling confident with your weight. Maybe you're not feeling confident with how you are in your marriage, or maybe Mm. you're not confident as a mom, or maybe you're not confident because you hate your job, but you have no idea what you want to do. Outside of that, or whatever it is, there's all these gateway issues, you know? Mm. I mean, how I'm fitting in my skinny jeans today kind of makes me determine how confident I am. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: So, oh, yeah. <laughs> want,
1: yeah, so I just want people to have an opportunity to mm. feel a part of a community that, where they can just come and get some encouragement and be lifted up, and then also know that I'm there to offer any guidance, because I, if, if pretty much if anybody has been through it, I have been through it in my That may not necessarily be true in a lot of instances, but I really feel like I have something to be able to say, you know what, girl, I've never been through that, but this is what I have been through. Mm -hmm. And you can find those similarities and ways that I am coping with it now or growing from it or have in the past. So it's just a community to do that. Um, But I have just recently started a blog just to, you know, just to share and be vulnerable. I'm just getting into it. It's scary for me. I'll be very honest. Like, I'm (laughs) like, oh my goodness. It's scary. It's really, really scary. So I'm really just kind of, I have my big toe in. I haven't got my whole foot in there. I haven't started (laughs) swimming in the pool of bloggers yet. (laughs) But I'm just getting started. So you guys can find me at RebeccaRenfro.com. And then there's links for how to join my tribe on Facebook. But then I love making new friends on Facebook. I don't have a business page on Facebook. To me, it's really hard to connect with people like that. I just want to have friends. That's really what I just want to meet people. I love it. So you can friend me on Facebook and get to know me over there. I love that part; it's super fun.
0: That's wonderful. So, so what sparked your interest in jump putting your big toe in to blogging?
1: (laughs) Well, um, honestly, it's a lot of different reasons, but I want to be able to share with just tell my story and just tell how I'm dealing day to day on being more confident. It's just a very good, great therapy for me. Honestly, I just started writing about, I'm not this big writer. I don't sit down and write in a journal every night or anything, which I kind of wish I was because I think that's really cool. (laughs) But I just, you know, thought, you know what? There are people out there that feel just like I do or Mm -hmm. just like I have. Um, The other thing, so I just thought, why not? I'll try it and see. And it's turned out great. But the other thing that I love about it is when I'm meeting someone, whether I love meeting new people on Instagram and Facebook, that's probably my favorite thing to do when it comes to making new friends that don't live in my area. I mean, I'm a, I am just love getting to know new people. And so whenever someone will share with me something that they have confidence-wise, if I have a blog post and I can just send that to them and say, Girl, I completely know what you're saying. Here is yeah. how I felt about that. Um, it just, I just kind of like it like that yeah. as a tool. Too. I don't know if that makes any yeah,
0: sense. Yeah, it totally does. Uh,
1: but any
0: blog when any blogger awards are yeah like that? i think that's good yeah you yeah. never you know i i kind of i kind of dabble in a mixture right now of doing podcasts videos and blogs it's just like every week i release some sort of content on sunday evening and it just kind of varies because i love everything technology so i i think for now that's working and sometimes it's a blog and sometimes it's not so um yeah i like yeah. it freedom
1: put yourself
0: in a box yeah and it's fun sometimes I don't feel like being on camera but I feel like typing so it's nice to just always have something released but it's just something new and unique but um I think a blog is a great tool because sometimes you don't remember that amazing like word that will really touch someone's heart every moment when it's needed to be said but if you write it down then it's always going to be there and you can always pull it back out and remember it verbatim and and not be like, darn it, I really want to help her and I know I could, but I just don't remember the thing I, I remembered a week ago. So Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And then sometimes it's just as important just to get it down for yourself, just yes. to know that you got it out. You
0: yes. know, I don't know. I agree. I I agree too. It just you feel better getting it out of your brain and onto paper sometimes. Right. So exactly. yeah. yeah, well we're nearing the end and I have three questions I always ask everybody I interview. Okay. Um, first off, this is always something that, um, intrigues me because everybody I interview, I'm inspired by and motivated by. And a lot of times this answer, the, all the answers are kind of, they're similarities. So I'm interested to hear what you say, but uh, what is your morning routine for success? And if you don't have a morning routine, like my sister-in-law had an evening routine because she wasn't a morning person. So just what time of day do you have like a set routine that sets you up for success?
1: Okay, that's a really good question because this is like something that I've worked on for a long time. Yeah. And um and people that I work with that are in business too, this is always the topic of conversation. This is a great question, and I think people don't realize how important this element is.
0: Yeah.
1: So for me the, when I, when I am like spot on and I am killing it in my day, it's always <laughs> is because I started like this. Okay. And if I don't start like this, you can, I can pretty much count on it's not going to be as amazing day as I was set out for it to be. Okay. So, um, I definitely try to get up in the mornings before my kids. Um, that's huge for me. I need quiet space and time. So, and I need a little bit of time to snuggle with my puppy. I have a dog. I like some little But I get up early and then I start my coffee. I always, I like do not pick up my cell phone. I don't know if y'all are like me, but like Facebook and Instagram can like suck me in. And next thing I know it's an hour later and I haven't done anything. So So I really try to leave that alone. And I try to just get in the word and just have my quiet time with the Lord and just really spend time like rejuvenating, and for me it's prayer, and um, I love to read different books by other authors about you know, you know, spiritual topics and things, like Jen Hatmaker was my last one, yes. oh my gosh, I love her book I know. For the Love is the name of it, but anyway so I, you know, I'll start like that, so I give myself an hour, if I will give myself that hour, that's a lot of, that is when I'll journal or write out my prayers and things like that, just feel so much more refreshed and ready to start, and then I put myself, you know, my my needs and fill, filled myself up first yes. because what happens is in the business that I'm in, I give a lot to people through the day and mm-hmm. I'm, I have phone calls coming in and <clears throat> messages and just stuff like that. And then of course the kids stuff. So
0: yeah,
1: I'll start like that That's so great. much better. And then I always try to have like what I'm planning for the day. I try to keep my day pretty structured. I do certain things in the morning and certain things afternoon. So if I don't focus there first, then I get all of that
0: balance, yeah.
1: so, it's a work in progress, though, mm-hmm. for sure,
0: I'm sure, I'm,
1: yeah, so, anyways, but that's really what I try to do in the mornings, and then I like to get my workouts, so I get lots more energy,
0: but, awesome, yeah. it is, is your workout, I mean, it probably depends on the day, but do you generally do that in the morning as well?
1: I do, that's another crazy benefit of being able to create my own schedule, so, yeah. Please hear me when I say this, that I know what it's like to work and have to be at work at 7 a.m. in the morning, and there's no way I could have done it back then yeah. in the morning. So I am a healthier person since I work from home, that's for sure. Um, but I actually do my morning stuff, like I'll work out, I don't usually work out until after I've taken my kids to school, Okay. so my workout's usually more like three hours after I've woken up, okay. but it's usually before I start my work day. So I get up Good. early, have my alone time and do my thing and then get my kiddos ready for school and everybody fed and dropped off. And depending on what I'm doing that day, like I run a lot and so that's, I just go and run. But if I have a bootcamp class that I take too and cool. that starts at a certain time. So I, sometimes I'm fitting work in, like 30 minutes of work in between there, whatever, yeah. but but that's the beautiful thing of being an entrepreneur. I get to decide. Yeah. And I do that. So, that's so great. But yeah, yeah. Awesome. I think gosh
0: there's so much benefit to that too. Yes. Health-wise and physical and all that. Just, I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could I'm hoping for not that I don't enjoy teaching, but if this takes off in some way then that'll be a great it's the thing I'm looking forward to a lot is the fact that I can just work out and get my quiet time in the morning and then and then work, you know, instead of thinking about yes. that after the fact. So Right.
1: There's a lot of times you are I know girl, you're exhausted Ooh. and sometimes it's, we all have the best intentions, but yes. it, it really is difficult.
0: I it know. really is. Well, do you have any other final words of wisdom before I ask you my, my final question that you just want to leave with our listeners?
1: Um, I mean, I, I guess what I think I really want everyone to know that crosses my path is that the best way I have found to overcome confidence issues is just to take action. lot of times we sit in a place of fear and we're waiting for the fear to go away so that we'll actually feel like doing that thing that we're afraid of doing but that doesn't happen we don't the fear the the feeling of confidence and that we have faced the fear only comes after we've actually taken the step to do it so if you're wanting to run a half marathon and you're afraid of it and you're waiting to feel confident in your running do that until you actually like lace up your shoes and start running exactly i really just want people to know that confidence comes after the fact it doesn't come beforehand it it literally has to be something that we take action when we're when we're afraid or when we don't have confidence so that we feel confident later on so i
0: hope that makes sense exactly it totally does and i think i mean that's one of the the hugest things i need to hear it's just like take action through fear because if you wait around it's never gonna be the right time you know Yeah. that's wonderful now I have one final question that I love to ask and hopefully it makes sense I'll try to word it in a way that makes sense but my organization that I've kind of started is called the invisible crown and the reason first off that this came to me is a very spiritual reason because I believe every I mean I'm a a child of the king and I I have A story to share and a a personal best to always strive to be and but in any woman's life you are always carrying this beautiful crown of your personality and your accomplishments and your talents and all of that so with that being said you have an invisible crown and what do you think your jewel in your crown that is the most important to you is like is it being confident is it um, your family, or what, it, what do you think it might be? What is your jewel in your crown?
1: Um, I think the jewel in my crown that I'm always working to earn every day, and that I think I'm finally figuring it out. I mean, <laughs> it's a work in progress. But I believe that it, I'm, my goal every day is to be super authentic because right. when I'm authentic, that's when I am helping the most people believe better of themselves Believe, let them cut themselves some slack. I mean, I'm authentic as a mom, and I'll tell you, I am not the best mom in the world. I fail Mm -hmm. every single day, but I'm the first to admit that. Yeah, I apologize to my kids multiple times a day for my (laughs) shortcomings, but I just so being authentic in that, I'm authentic in the fact that I love you know, chocolate chip cookies. Um, I did just go through a 30 days without them, so I'm pretty proud of that. It's awesome. But I'm authentic in there are certain things about myself that that's okay. Yeah. I'm authentic in telling people that I didn't grow up in this perfect example, this perfect family, this perfect environment, and that's okay, and that I'm finally learning that that's truly a gift that God gave me because it's helping me be better, um, a better steward of the, my own family, and a better example to others, just you know, changing your life and those kind of things. So, I think being authentic is super cool. I just think that that is the only way to be.
0: Yeah,
1: and the only way that we can feel truly confident in ourselves is when we're honest.
0: Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean
1: that we have to go around, you know, throwing our junk around, it just means <laughs> be honest with who you are, yeah. honest with who you're trying to be. Just like you, I'm a child of the king, and mm-hmm. I'm authentically imperfect and, perfect, and yep. God loves me anyways and he you know he gave me this awesome gift of gift of grace so if i'm authentic and honest with that then i feel like i can help other people see that they have the same they they're given the same grace that i'm given
0: so. exactly i hope
1: that answered your
0: question <laughs> totally and i love the words authentically imperfect like that was so powerful so thank you for for yeah. saying that um man now i just first off want to give you a little affirmation that you are very authentic and I can see that in this interview even though I don't know you in in person I can sense that through this screen on my computer so thank you so much for being authentic and vulnerable with me and I am just so honored that you took time to chat with me tonight
1: thank you for having me I enjoyed
0: it it was lots of fun yeah, and <laughs> I'm definitely gonna be posting this on my Uh, facebook here and so hopefully you'll get some more people to join your tribe and grow in their confidence because of you so yeah well thank you girl i appreciate it i thank you all for listening and until next time this is the invisible crown podcast signing off with another interview vulnerability and transparency is the only way to go if you want to grow that is just one of the many insights brought to you by the fabulous rebecca renfro here today i thank you again rebecca for taking the time to encourage us and build our confidence through specific action oriented steps that bring a sense of freedom the kind of freedom that only comes when you are truly living a life of passion and love and as she said if you love everything else will fall into place. So let's get out there and make our crown shine just a little bit brighter this week with extra love and passion for others.